Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. I love the title of the show this week, Being Drunk on One's Thoughts and Changing Your Reality for the Better. Um, my guest this week is Dr. Janelle Kim, and she's the author of the book called Myung Sung, A Living Meditation. I, I've never really talked about things on the show as a living meditation. And Dr. Kim and I get into that this week about actually what that means, how you can do that in your own life. And at the end, we have a really great discussion on what it means to create your reality for the better. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoy talking with Dr. Kim. I want to introduce Dr. Kim, and then we're going to get going because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Dr. Janelle Kim is the founder and lead formulator for JBK Wellness Labs. She is carrying on the medical knowledge and wisdom of her lineage and is devoted to integrating the philosophy, medical wisdom, and expertise of East Asia with the advancements of modern life and medicine of the West in order to touch and positively affect the the lives of others. Dr. Kim is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine and is a nationally board certified in herbology, oriental medicine, and acupuncture. She furthered her studies abroad, training with some of the most respected doctors and herbalists in East Asia, and completed extensive training in the field of oriental medicine. Dr. Kim is a custodian of her lineage's proprietary Bibong formulas, and today we're going to be talking about her first book, which is called Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. Dr. Kim, I'm so glad to have you with us this week. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you, Sung. Yes. So I want to start off with just a fun icebreaker question, and then we'll really get into everything. Okay, I'm ready. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? If I could live anywhere in the world. You know what? I'd live right here. Yeah. I'd live right here and work hard <clears throat> to do everything I can to continue to travel and meet as many people and see as many places. But I'd live right here in San Diego. Yeah. Yes. I always, um, I think about that myself, but I watch those, some of those videos about the tiny homes, you know, people have, they move into these little, I don't know, three and 400 square foot spaces. And now I think- right. I always think, could I do that? And I'm like, no, I like my home. Like I like my space. Right. You know, I like being here. I agree. I agree. Or we, or we picture ourselves in that beautiful Island and, or in the beautiful city in Asia or Europe, but it's true. I, I'm here for a reason. And, and this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Raise my home, right? Yes, <laughs> this is true. Good question. <laughs> okay. So I know I read your bio, but let's start out with in your, in your words, who is Dr. Janelle Kim? Mm, in my words, you know, I, I believe that I'm an example of the integration of East and West, literally by my DNA. You know, my father was Korean. My mother is American from the West. Um, of course, we all have our backgrounds, but it is the East and West. And, and to this day, I have to say that um, a Korean man or an Asian man married to a Western woman is not exactly, even, even now, the norm, especially with the history of who my father was and the history of who my mom was. And so, you know, I devote my life to truly exemplifying and hopefully sharing to the best of my ability that integration that I speak of East and West through medicine, movement, and meditation, what I call the three pillars 
Uh, that's who I truly am. The last 20 years of my life have been really focused on the medicine part. I have a contract manufacturing lab with my husband for about eight, nine years now. And everything that we do, we're, a lot, we're, we're behind a lot of big companies out in the beauty wellness industry. Um, but everything is rooted in herbal formulation as has been passed down in my lineage for so many centuries. Yeah. You know, so interesting. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad you think so, Sloan. I think so. <laughs> well, and especially when I was reading your bio, you know, and uh, describing it as the custodian of your lineage, lineage, that is, and, and even in your book, and, and we can get into that about, uh, so your book is called Mi Young Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. And I have to say, I read through your book very quickly. I loved it. I love anything that gives me a formula to build on. Through yes. each step of the way, there yes. was so much that I recognized in this book that like light bulb moments or um, maybe like stringing things together that, um, you know, I, I might've felt like I was missing before. Mm-hmm. So can you give the readers a little bit of an overview of your book and uh, what it's about? Absolutely. First of all, I'm so grateful, Sloan. I want you to know you're one of the very first people to ever read the book, um, <laughs> the advanced reader copy. And so yeah. I could not be more grateful. And that's truly my wish to hear. Yeah. Um, so yes. So a bit about the book. It is, as you mentioned just now, it, it all kind of connects, you know, the very foundation of the book. My wish is that it connects time all human beings throughout time. As you see, I have stories of my father and his teacher and, and my wish in the audiobook. I even spoke to my sound producer. Is there a way to make it so that as if you're watching a movie, you have a little kind of tone that, that catapults you into the past. Right. And then, yeah. so the connection of throughout time, the connection of human being, the connection of ourself to the universe, that truly is the principle of the philosophy I wish to share, Myung-sung, the Korean art of living meditation, but the book itself, as, as I just said, you mentioned, and I'm so happy that you felt that, kind of follows along in somewhat of a formula that is not necessarily one, two, three, but, but has a, a beginning and a, and, a, and a path to follow, and it's made up of eight keys, and so it really does. Um, that's how I like to speak on it. It's the eight keys of living meditation. Mm-hmm. And so it really goes into the different steps of how we can incorporate living meditation into our life, which we all understand meditation means many things to us, whether we practice yeah. it or not. I think pretty much in this world, a lot of people now understand the importance of it, but living meditation takes it one step further, if you will, where You don't just have to wait for a moment, hours, days, 15 minutes to sit down and and reflect, become aware, become mindful, all of the wonderful things that we all strive for as human beings. But why can't we incorporate those principles, those actions, those habits into our daily life? And that is what has been passed down in my lineage and has been passed down by the great sages who have come before us. And that's what the book is about, how how to take these profound principles and actually incorporate them into our daily, fast-paced, modern life where we have to juggle so many things. Right. And so talking about, you know, regular meditation, let's say, you know, I think that most of us think about sitting on a cushion or laying down, you know, and closing our eyes. But can you explain the difference between that and a living meditation? Absolutely. You know, you speak of the meditation cushion. I have one right over here. And so I, 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 I like, right? I know, just, just right over there, just pop, yeah. out, and pop out. Um, <laughs> so I say that because I'm, I'm, of course, a huge proponent of incorporating different meditations, different practices. You know, movement is one of the three pillars. Um, and I should say, as we begin, that is a lot of what living meditation is about. I speak of the three M's, if you will, meditation, medicine, movement, which I mentioned just a bit ago. And 
as the great sages, the great teachers throughout time, throughout history have taught us, and I am a firm believer of in my own personal life and what I've seen it do for so many around me uh, through very challenging times, happy times, you name it, is that if we incorporate meditation, medicine, how to take care of ourselves, wellness, right? Movement, certain ways of just getting out and moving our bodies. So we, all of this kind of comes down to having proper flow in our lives. If we're able to do these things, it becomes not just a meditation or a practice that we have to sit down and we only have that time to be that and to do that and to practice those habits and purify ourselves. But living meditation takes it into our life as a mother, as a business owner, as a friend, even as, as um, a person walking down the street, you know, passing by another person. Um, and that's what living meditation is. It's taking mindfulness, consciousness, awareness into every action that we do. It's taking a moment to stop and change our perspective, put ourselves in other people's shoes and make a decision. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to the fact that we really hold the power. We truly hold the power to choose in our life. Right. And I talk about that a lot on the show about that. It, it sometimes yeah. feels like things are out of control or that it's, you know, mm-hmm. we can't, and we can't fix everything, but we can fix what goes on within us. We can fix how we perceive things. We can choose to just as easily as we can choose a negative thought, we can choose a positive thought. Yes. And a lot of it is just retraining, practicing, practicing, practicing. I know that's what I went through when I changed my life was it was these ongoing, almost arguments with myself <laughs> until I finally got to the point where I got tired of the argument. And I, I, I let myself accept that I could have more or I yes. let myself accept that I could have better. Yes. And it's uh it's a, it's still a process though. You know, I've been doing that six years now and it's still, it's still a process, but that's okay. That that's, that's, that's part of living, right? That's life. That's what we go through. Yeah. If I may say so Sloan, I think that it never ends. I think yes. that so long as we live in this life, you know, it's a, it is a never ending process. It is. And so your book talks about eight keys. Can you briefly tell us what those are? Sure. Absolutely. So key number one is knowing your true self. Right. So basically, that means that everything comes exactly what we're talking about. Everything comes from from inside of us. We have the power to choose how we wish to live in this lifetime. Um, And at the end of the day, how we look at life and how we either respond or react. And so it all comes down to ourselves. and seeing ourselves. I speak a lot about the invisible eye, which can mean a lot of different things um, in different situations. But what I mean here is not just changing your perspective. So really looking at yourself also, not just always looking at others and and comparing and, you know, forming judgments or opinions or reacting. Key number two is one of the most important parts, one of the most important keys as far as I'm concerned, and is that process that we speak of that carries on with us our entire life. And that is the true, right, and correct method. Right. And so I'm sure we can maybe go into that in just a bit. Yes, this was but one of my favorites. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that Sloan myself as well. And I'm hoping that this is something that I'm able to, that resonates and I can share with so many because it, it truly helps so much in life, just how to look at things, how to take that moment to look at the whole situation. Um, key number three, which I, I really like myself and decided to make this title of this chapter and this key kind of um, very direct. And it's called, stop being drunk on your own thoughts. <laughs> so we can certainly get into this, but again, it's all about perspective. Just yeah. as we can be drunk from alcohol, we have to be so careful because we can literally become drunk from our own thoughts and not be able right. to correctly. Right. I laughed when I read that when I first, cause I was like, that is so true. That is like the best way to describe it. I'm so glad you think so. I think so cute. <laughs> we were trying to, when I was first writing it, I was talking to, to some people, you know, who I trust and making sure it all makes sense and resonates. 
And, and I finally, one day I thought, you know what, I'm just going to say it like it is, because that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it resonates because that's it. what it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, they, in Korean, they call it dochi. So there's an actual phrase for what this is. And in, in, in Western, in our English language, we don't have it, but, but that's what it means. Right? Yeah. And then key four is how will you be remembered? You know, ultimately this means what are you going to leave behind on this earth? It doesn't have to be grand. It can be small things, but what positive or negative, that's the choice, are you going to leave behind? Um, how will you be remembered long after we're gone? And that's something that is very important to me that I think of very often that can really help catapult us out of challenging times, for example, um, and just help us think a little more clearly um, the way I would put that. Um, key five is seek connectedness and honor. It's just about our character, how we live, how we treat others, and how we all, how important it is to remember that we all truly are connected to each other and to the universe. Um, key six is another super powerful one. Uh, a lot of what we've talked about already, which is change your reality for the better. And that is exactly what we were just talking about. We hold the power. We hold the choice of how we want to react or respond to every single situation in our life, which means we hold the power to make our reality, you know, and it's not always easy. In fact, a lot of times it's not, let's just say it as it is, but right. to know, you know what, I'm going to get through this yeah. and this is how I choose to do so. That is changing your reality for the better. Key seven, actually, you said a phrase that exactly embodies this. Key seven is it only takes one match to light a thousand. And what you said a few minutes ago, Sloan, was, you know, one positive thought or action can, can ignite that many more positive thoughts or actions for yourself and for others. And the same goes for negative. One negative thought or action can ignite so right. many negative thoughts and actions. And then finally, Another one of my very favorites in, in my life at this moment in time, and I can't remember a time where it isn't important, is be like bamboo, which means it's so important in this life to be grounded, to have strength in our intention, our purpose, what it is that we wish for, but also to always remember that we have to be flexible. That's the yin and yang of the situation, you know, because yeah. too, too hard on our thoughts, too tough, you know, especially I remember in my early 20s, <laughs> and, and it is part of just, you know, life, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, having success and, and working in different uh, arenas and industries, you can walk in and sometimes maybe you have to, and that is the balance, yeah. walk in tough, you know, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> and then as you gain some wisdom, you realize, you know what, sometimes there's that much more strength, especially in relationships um, yeah. and communication when I can be a little bit more flexible and that, that can be one of the strongest places to be just like bamboo. Right. And so, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I don't know if you can see the book here, all the, if you can see the marks, I have all the pages are flipped oh, down from things, but, um, so I would love to go through every key, but so today I thought we'd focus on three, the sure. key two, the true, right. And correct method key three, the one I love stop being drunk on your own thoughts and key six, change your reality for the better. Um, I, and so before we get into those, I want to touch on real quick. I, I can tell from reading your book that your father obviously had a huge influence on your life. And in the book, each, um, each key starts with a parable from your father and his teacher. And yes. so can you talk a little bit about how old was your father when he went through that, when he went through those teachings and how did what you learned from him impact your life and get you to where you are today? Yes. Yeah, Sloan, I appreciate this question. You know, you're right. I don't know if there's ever going to be a moment where it's not a little bit hard for me to have this yeah. conversation. You know, um, for those who don't know, I lost my father about six years ago now. Um, anyone who has lost someone they love, a parent, you know, it takes a moment, but I've learned so much even from that moment on. And um, 
you're right. So one thing that I have waited, I suppose, for a long time to share, whether I knew it or not, is, is kind of his life because it's something so different. And I recognize this, you know, I wonder what, how are people going to take this? I'm, I'm, you know, that's the honest truth, Sloan. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because he was seven years old when he went into the mountain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seven to study with his master. And the truth is that in East Asia, this isn't so far-fetched. You know, here, I feel like in the West, let's say, like, what? He went to the mountains when he's seven? Right. I, have, I have an eight-year-old right now. You know, I will not most likely send him to the mountains at the moment. <laughs> Although right. I do tell him sometimes, but I will send you just like a grandpa. You know? <laughs> so we can all use that um, if we need it <laughs> with our kids. But, <clears throat> but in all seriousness, what a what an unbelievable even for myself as his daughter, uh, experience to walk through from the age of seven to 14 in particular, he did not leave his, his teacher. They would go into the village and that's literally the stories that we tell. Yeah. And his teacher went through exactly these principles that I speak of the eight keys, myung Sun, living meditation. And this is what was passed on to my father's master by his master and so on and so on. How far back this goes. That's why I speak of this lineage, how far yeah. back it goes truly. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, we have, we like to put um, time limits on it. And I get that. I say I'm ninth generation, but how far back I do not know. And so, yes. So my father did, he spent seven years in the mountains of Korea studying exactly those three pillars, medicine, meditation, and movement to understand to the best of his ability, just as his master did. And all of the great teachers who came before they basically dedicated their lives to understanding the human condition so that we can sit here right now, Sloan, and have this conversation. Yeah. That is the ultimate wish. So as my father dedicated his entire life to that, which is why I feel so compelled and committed to sharing this again, to the best of my ability. Um, yeah. Carrying on the story. And that gave me chills actually t- talking about that because that's so um, the ripples of things that we don't, and we, you talk about in the keys about one, one lighting, one match, right. Positive yes. or negative, whichever way it goes. But we often forget when we start to focus on these things and when we just the ripple effect it has. Yes. Right. And how it, it, you, sometimes you don't know how it impacts people, but it, 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 it does. And um, that's a thinking of things that way also, I think helps get us out of our own mind and yeah. not into just a small little space where I'm going through the drudgery of life, right? There's a bigger picture, there's bigger impact. There's, there's more to the story than sometimes we let ourselves see. And yes. uh, sometimes that we believe, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which goes right into one of our other favorite keys, but um, yes. beautifully said. <laughs> Didn't mean yes. to miss that transition, but it is, it's the truth. You're literally saying it perfectly slow, you know, we're not. Right. Sad. So mm-hmm. let's get into that. So again, we're going to focus on three keys for this conversation. Um, so the first one is key two, the true, right, correct method. So yeah. can you briefly tell us what this is and how we could maybe utilize this in our lives? Sure. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, you know, the Tao, the universe, mindfulness, there really is no A, B, C, D, E, F. (laughs) There's no true, as you say, formula per se, but there are ways that we can kind of wrap our minds around these practices that we can make habits, good habits or bad habits for ourselves. And true, right, and correct is something I thought of for a long time. How am I going to put this down in a way that I really feel is going to, you know, mean something to people. And the way I kind of kept picturing it was almost like an equation, you know, as much as I, I feel like I live a life where I can be pretty, pretty flexible. This is a practice of mine. And so there's certainly times I need to remind myself, but, but I also have the, you know, the medicine brain, that that side of my brain where I I also like to see things sometimes. Okay. A, B, C equals A plus B equals C. (laughs) And so that's where I even use this word method. 
You know, I go back and forth between the way of true, right, and correct and the true, right, and correct method. And that means basically you have a true, you have the truth of a situation, true plus right equals correct. And so what does that mean? That means in every single situation that we come across, there is a true in that situation. And the true in short means how I feel about something. It's true to me, right? And that's very important, very important. Then you have the right. And the way I describe this is it's kind of the black and white of the situation. It's basically, let's say the decision, the choice, the action that most people would agree would be good for everybody. Okay. And then you have those two things, true plus right equals correct and correct, the correct choice, the correct decision. This is a word I use all the time in every aspect of my life to rhyme myself even. Yeah. That correct choice takes what you feel, takes everyone else into, into account. And that's how you come up with a wise decision or the wise choice that truly can do the most good for everybody involved. And so you can imagine that if we all as human beings and as you know, leaders of our country or whatever this might be, you know, teachers, if we thought in this way, if we changed our perspective, if we zoomed out the difference that it can make for our own lives and for everyone else around us. So. Yeah. And I loved, I'm, uh, I've been a technical analyst for a long time. So I love formulas as well. And I love something that makes sense, right? It, I can visualize right. it in my mind, but it also makes sense. And, you know, protocols or things like that, that help get me out of, because a lot of times when in situations where maybe it's, um, if emotions are taking over, Right. that runs the show and emotions are temporary, right? They're going to only be there for a little bit. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we're making the right decision when we're in that emotion. And yes. so having this true, right, correct method is a way I, as I saw it was a way to, okay, pause in the moment. We're talking about living meditation, right? We're pausing in the moment and we're yes. thinking about, we're actually thinking though, what is true for me? Not letting the mind go off in a direction that maybe we didn't mean for it to, and we can't grab a hold of it. Stopping for a minute, what's true, what's right, which leads us to what's correct. And I loved that because I felt like it was so practical, simple, but so impactful. Mm, that's my wish. I, exactly how I feel and how I'm so glad that that's how um, you understood it. It is very practical. And I love that you said it makes sense because to me, when it comes down to principles, you know, we talk, I talk a lot about yeah. principles. And even when I was young, my father used to teach me that way, you know, stay on principle. This is principle. And I, what is yeah. principle? <laughs> you know, I'm sure he had the same feeling when he was seven and his master taught him, his teacher taught him, you know, what's a principle. And one way to describe it is it's like the unchanging. It's not based on emotions. It's just certain truths, certain principles yeah. that just exist for everybody. And so, yes, right. it, you can take the emotion out and see more clearly. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. It makes sense. I like that you said that. I feel the same. Like what you hear so far, take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the create what you speak. I feel like there's a lot of confusion at times where I don't even know how to make a decision sometimes if I'm really in the emotions too. Yes. And having that, again, I like formulas, protocol, something that gives me a uh, you know, almost like a computer statement, if this, then that kind of thing, you know, that, um, that logic, I think helps me at least get out of that emotion in the moment. So, yes. Yes. That's, that's great. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Key three, stop being drunk on your own thoughts. <laughs> so we touched on this a little bit, but can you explain what being drunk on your own thoughts mean, how this impacts you? And I, I, again, with decision-making, you know, things like that, that we deal with on an everyday basis. Yes. Um, as you 
as you mentioned, we've spoken about now, Sloan, it really does kind of keep adding on. So exactly what we just said, you take it one step further. So now if I don't balance that true right to lead to the correct, what ends up happening? Well, one of the main things that can end up happening is we can literally become, we're, we're so caught up, as you said, in our truth, which usually is led by emotion, if not always, right? And so we, we, we don't even notice that we let it get us carried, we get carried away with it. And so when we lead by reacting, when we lead by our truth, momentary truth, right? And emotion, it can become very dangerous. We literally may cause a situation where we cannot see clearly. And that's why it's being drunk, right? So technically the definition of being drunk, you're not, your perception is incorrect. You're not seeing clearly. Yes. Just like one would feel if they were intoxicated and you can become intoxicated on your own thoughts. And so it's so important using that true, right, correct method, being aware of whether of the fact, let's say that you have the power to react or to respond, right? In a balanced manner to every situation, that's how you can stop yourself from being drunk on your thoughts. And we can imagine, we have seen throughout history, I'm sure in our own lives and literally throughout the history of the world, how dangerous it can be when a person or a group of people get too caught up in their own thoughts and cannot even see clearly. And so it's so important to zoom out, as I say, that's literally my visual, right? To change our perspective, put ourselves in other people's shoes, take a moment to pause, that is living meditation, beautifully said, and, and see the whole situation. And it doesn't mean we have to stare at somebody for, you know, two minutes as we're thinking through all this. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes it's leaving the situation though, too, right? I'm just Sometimes say it's actually getting away. And, yeah. and, you know, even with that, being drunk on our own thoughts, sometimes what we think isn't even true, right? We sometimes jump to conclusions. We're making assumptions where um, often it's it's easy to jump to the worst conclusion and just go with that as if that's truth before we even know. And Absolutely. one of the questions I like to ask myself in that is, do I know this to be true? Are there other possibilities? Yes. And exactly. usually the answer is yes, there's other possibilities. And no, I don't know this to be true. Yes. And, and recognizing this, and like you're saying, to stop being drunk on our own thoughts, we have to be able to be in tune with ourself enough, be willing to, I just picture it as like, almost like a a train that's left the station, right? It's just going full speed. Right. And when it's going full speed, why it feels so hard is because you got to slow that down to get it going the other way. Right. But if we, if we, if we have this living meditation mindset where we're taking the time, we're slowing down where, and it's not, you know, sometimes it's, it's, if you're in a moment, you're in the moment. And I, and I, I don't want to say this is people shouldn't experience emotions because that's, that's not oh, I'm the interpretation you. here. There is no. the experiencing of the emotion, but it's also knowing, do I act when I experience that emotion or do I give it some time? Do I even actually exit the situation to take right. my time and get myself together? Yes, that's exactly right. Um, and, and sometimes, yes, when that train leaves and we don't have, it takes a lot of strength. It goes back to that. And that's that calm strength right? It takes a lot of strength to be able to pause and to hold it for a second and yeah. think through it, even for a second. I heard you say before, you had a lot of arguments with yourself. Really <laughs> funny. I, I do that a lot as well. Okay, Janelle, is this, you know, you can sound low, but why not? Why can't we have those moments where we have a little discussion? <laughs> right. You know, check in for a second. Is this correct? If I do this, what will happen? If I do this, what will happen? That's very much how I was taught by my father. You know, a lot yeah. of people ask, what was his method of teaching? You know, he never sat down to tell me, 
this is what you do. If I was in serious danger, I imagine he would have, you know, as a father at that point, stepped in and said something, but he always gave you the choice. And I I hope I'm doing the same for my children. I hope I'm doing the same, uh, you know, at our our lab uh, for everyone in in my life. And I wish for them to do the same for me is to kind of have these moments where you stop and you just check in, you, you, you catch yourself, you purify yourself, right? That's meditation. Yeah. I'm paying attention. And you know, that feeling, you know, the right feeling, because you can feel it in your gut right? There's a difference when it feels right versus when it feels acting out of chaos or fear or anxiety or whatever that might be. Yes. And that action can truly start to affect everything in your life. You know, we hear that very often and manifesting. Well, if we, it's not manifestation, if I, if I may, it's not just, you know, manifesting things in your life, but manifestation is literally the energy that you have and that you put out into the universe. Yes. It's exactly the energy. And there are many different, you know, East, West, uh, different uh, scholars, if you will, who speak of energy in different ways, but they all, it all comes down to that. It will affect the way that we live. Yes. So. How you carry yourself and how you show up in the world, right? One of the practices I do in the morning is I write out what energy am I bringing into the day? How am I showing up today? Who who am I energetically? And when you start to recognize that and then you pay attention, which is the big part of what we're talking about here is just paying attention, being willing to do that. And it, it really does change you. It's, I, I wrote an article about this recently about how feeling like when you, when you do this kind of inner work, when you start to pay attention, when you're in a living meditation more than you're in react in reactive chaos kind of thing, how yeah. sometimes at first it starts to feel like it's not quote working, right? It feels yeah. like, well, nothing's happening. You know, what's the point? That's how, that's one of the arguments I would have with myself. This is pointless. Nothing's happening. And then the other side of the argument would be, no, let's just keep trying this. You've done the other way for so long and you didn't get what you wanted. Right. So let's keep trying this. And it's like, almost like a, you know, maybe pushing the rock up the hill, right. Get up there. And then you get at the top and then all of a sudden, things start changing and they just happen. And all these things line up for you. And it's like, that's why I changed my life that way. And in three months, quit my job, sold my house, bought a new house, got a new job, you know, moved five hours away. And it it happened like that. And so it's, it's the hardest part, I think is getting started with some of this stuff. It's just being willing to do it for yourself, to care for yourself enough to do this kind of inner work. Yes. And you're not alone. I can't tell you probably three of the most impactful, most important or significant moments of my life were exactly the same. You, you, it's, I will speak out of faith as faith, what that means, whether you have a bigger connection to nature, whether it's to God, to the universe, something bigger than you, and you have to plug into that. Otherwise, in my humble opinion, it's too challenging. Life can get too hard that way at times, you know? And so when you're able to do that, you are able to have an awareness, have trust in something greater than you know that what, who you are as a human being, just as you wake up every morning, I love that Sloan. I agree. I do the same. You know, what is my effect on this world? today. How am I? Who am I? What am I going to be? And that is actually a meditation as I'm speaking right now. One of the first actual practices of meditation I ever learned is you sit down as a little girl, you sit down and you think to yourself, who am I? Why am I here? You know, what is my purpose? I mean, those are some big questions I know, but, but seriously, you know, to this day, I still stop. What am I doing? What is my intention? You know, um, another beautiful, and you know, I, in your book, when you, I, there, the, paragraph that's in there where you explain that what was yes. when I read that what was so like it was like just like a a wink from the universe or something I read that those questions I sat there and I thought about that for a little bit hmm. and I looked the next thing I literally the next thing I looked at said your purpose to be in life is and it was talking about like an example of like um helping somebody 
these small little tasks that feel small, but they add up and they, they, they are impactful. And it was literally the next thing I read after reading that paragraph in your book. And I thought that was like such like, absolutely. Absolutely. It is, you know, and it works that way. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so I talk a lot on the show, the show called create what you speak. And we talk about changing our thoughts to change our life, right? It, it, yes. it's at, its, at its simplest core. So key six is changing your ra- your reality for the better. Right. And, and I touched on this a little bit earlier about how in the book, you talk about feelings changing constantly, right? We're not always in the same state. And it, it, some of the examples you give is like um, when your father went through, you know, examples of he was hungry, I'm hungry and then ate and no, I'm not hungry. So that emotional state changed, right? right. And, and so- but as we've also discussed, we make decisions a lot from emotion. It's very easy. It's almost encouraged. It feels like in, in this day and age that yes. um, people expect that maybe, or they're used to it. So people don't think about doing it any other way, but in, in thinking about changing your reality, as I also mentioned, it sometimes feels like it can't be done or it's not doing anything or why are we, um, why am I even bothering? But again, those are just emotional states. They're not. And, you know, I actually had this experience the other day where I was, um, uh, this mantra I've been saying to myself is, uh, I know the truth. And what I mean by that is I know my truth. Like I know what is true to me. I know these doubts that try to come in and these, um, you know, all of this anxiety and stuff that ch- tries to come in. That's not truth. I know my truth. Yes. And a couple of days later, I was having a, a day where I wasn't feeling so confident. Right. And the thing I said to myself was, no, the truth doesn't change just because you're not feeling confident today. Right. It's still the same truth as it was before on the days that you were more confident. And just saying that to myself helped me get past through that day and not slip completely backwards into old habits. And so if we think about this, like that's a mantra that I said to myself, but what are some other questions that we could ask ourselves to move past these emotions and, and make different choices to help them shape and change our reality? Yes. Also important. You know, one of the most important ones, as I said, you know, from the time I was little, this is what certainly helps me and is definitely part of Young Sung is that you do, you stop and you think to yourself, what is my intention or purpose right now, especially in challenging times, but also in the happiest of times, you know, right. in this life, just as there is day and night, you know, I speak of it as yin and young, there's feminine, masculine, there's loud, there's soft, there's, you know, hard and soft, there's all these dichotomies. And it's so important to recognize that because in doing so... <sighs> I don't want to go too far off tangent here, but, um, okay. So don't ask me the exact question you want. Cause I don't want to go. I feel like I'm direct. Well, I know there's, and there's so much we could talk about. Um, I guess yeah. the question is really like, how do we change our reality for the better? Some of the principles we've talked about, you know, asking different questions of ourselves or being more right. aware or what questions I wanted to make sure. Yeah. I exactly. Yeah. And so when you're in, when you recognize that life is filled with those dichotomies, that, that there's always, there's always has to be this balance, right? That there's something greater than us. All of the things that we just mentioned, it's so important that we ask ourselves, what is our intention? Who am I in this greater part of this world? Right. And then ask ourselves exactly that true, right. And correct method. When we're in a situation, we look at, this is the truth to me. You said it so perfectly. Yeah. And, and, and yes, it can be emotion. It's truth. And you don't even have to get caught up in that. That's the most important thing. You know, to me, the young song is about being natural. You know, I've thought about this a lot. If I had to really put it in one, truly just be natural, not trying to be something, you know, just because, um, well, let me put it this way, you know, being a truly meditative, aware person doesn't mean you have to sit on the top of a mountain 
<laughs> you know, and, and study your entire life as a monk. In fact, look at even, let my father be an example. It was his destiny, if you will, to go down and live and share these principles. There's some people who it's their destiny to stay in the mountain. So right. the point is you ask yourself, what am I here for? What is important to me? And you're right, Sloan, the more that we do this and the more we connect and become aware and always lead with your heart, right? Not always the mind, right? So we're not figuring all the time with something I even speak of in the book. We can get lost that way. And then we get, we get trapped in our reality, going back to changing our reality. When yeah. we are, when we see that you're, and you said this too, all of the answers of this entire world, all of the answers are within us and around us. I mean, what a powerful thing. It's easy to forget sometimes. I totally understand. Are you kidding? You know, from the morning till evening, I'm certainly not able to, I have a choice, but I choose not to have the ability sometimes to, you know, have all these quiet moments and be able to reflect. So it has to happen. I'm a mother of two young boys. I'm very close to my family and my friends and community. I work, I have three, five different companies. It's not so easy, but you can't, I constantly, you have to ask yourself, what is my purpose? You then have to plug into what I call the Tao, plug into the universe. Remember, there's something bigger than you. And then I believe really important, you change your perspective by looking at other people, seeing how your actions are going to affect everybody. And then at the end of the day, always having that word gratitude. We hear it a lot lately. I think we hear it a lot because it really makes a difference in so many people's lives, including my own, you know, the happiest moments I have gratitude and the hardest moments I have gratitude. In fact, that is exactly what can lift me out of moments that feel very stuck when you feel stuck in your reality and yeah. inclusion when you know when you start to constantly truly feel i have the power to choose in the situation it doesn't mean as we both have acknowledged the situation is going to change like this sometimes it can take weeks sometimes it can take years but the difference is we have our life truly is short right on this on this earth mm-hmm. so what matters to us what are we going to do you know, uh, for me, a lot of it has to do with my kids, my family, my friends, but especially my kids, because they are such pure souls. I remember some very hard moments in life that I walked through at my son's age, Vince's eight, you know, and what that did. And so sometimes that's, that's a one that I, I practice often. So if there's a challenging moment in the day, something really throws you off, you take a moment, you take a breath, you incorporate movement of some kind. I love traditional martial arts, you know, Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga. It, it helps to balance you, right? And then also I look at these little faces <laughs> and I think, no, you know, this moment's never going to come back again. And I feel that after losing my father, this moment's never going to come back. And so those are the types of that we have to find the sparks. I speak of that in the book. What's yeah. what the different, we need that in life. It's important. Anchors, sparks, whatever the word is to you, actually feel it actually see it. And when we're in those moments, happy, sad, we have to ground ourselves quickly. We have to see the situation clearly, true, right, and correct. We have to remember that we hold the power to decide whether we want to react or respond to a situation. And then we have to know our intention and purpose and never let anything make us stray from that, no matter what. You know, if I let people try to influence me or life try to influence me on certain big decisions, like we talked about, Sloan, going into medicine, you know how many times in, in the wellness and beauty world I was told 20 years ago, oh, sure, Janelle, at the time I wasn't doctor. Okay, oh, sure, Janelle, you know, Asian medicine, Asian beauty, no one's going to understand. I would smile. I wouldn't let it affect me because I knew, no, I believe this world is going to love this. Right. <laughs> you know, natural products. No, I believe this world is going to need this. And you keep walking, you know, and it doesn't matter necessarily. Listen to what people have to say. Take it in. 
use true right and correct, but doesn't mean you have to let everything affect you. And then you keep moving towards that purpose. And now look, that's a more tangible uh, example. But now look, Korean beauty is the biggest industry in the world. Natural, <laughs> everything is the biggest in the world. Had I listened to those people who tried to tell me, you know, or Janelle, you're so young, you know, or, oh my gosh, you're going into that boardroom full of, you know, these strong businessmen. Oh goodness. Just keep moving. <laughs> right. Well, and other people are putting their truth on you. Yes. Right. And that's, and we can't let that, you know, that's not our truth just because it's their truth. And that's sometimes uh, difficult with those that are closest around us. But I, I love that. I think that's so well said. I love the advice of be natural and really setting your mind and your intention. Again, that's one of the practices. It sounds like you do it too. First thing in the morning. That's to me, that's the best time of the day. That's yes, what's yes. going to set your tone for the day and your day, your tone of your day, set your weeks and your months. And so um, it, it's very impactful. Um, so, and I know there's just so much we could talk about, yes. but in the interest <laughs> of time, um, as we wrap up the show, is there one piece of advice you'd give the listeners to, stop being drunk on their own thoughts so that they can change their reality for the better? Yes. I would say kind of to sum up what I just mentioned, as you can see it, it definitely, I feel strongly about it. You know, yes, always go from your heart, be natural person, right? I was always taught so long as you are a good person in this world, good things will come. And I really believe in that. And that does not mean that I have not walked through challenging times and had obstacles, but I have so much faith in that, you know, remember that you are connected no matter what, especially I've, I've come across so many people who, especially at the last two years or so of everything right. we've walked through, um, there's this feeling of disconnectedness and that can be a really, um, that can cause a lot of suffering. You know, I don't always speak of it so heavy, but I'm just going to say it because that's what I feel. Yeah, no, it is. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, and so if we, in every single moment in our lives, remember that we are part of something bigger, that we are connected, just as I said, was so important to me, even in the book that I feel connected to my father and the teachers who came before me. I hope every reader feels that too. And, and we're, we are connected to everything that comes before us. We want to leave behind good seeds for all the generations. You know, I say one day when I'm no longer here, and you see that often in the book, because that is, I constantly think this one day when I'm no longer here, maybe you won't remember my face Maybe you won't remember my name, but I wish to leave behind something positive in this world, something that can be remembered in a good way. And if we constantly remind ourselves of this, practice this in our living meditation, you know, do everything we can, follow the eight keys to find those sparks to help us balance and zoom out and, and feel for other people, lead from our heart, then you know what? We, we truly can achieve the life that we wish, you know, so... I love that. That is, that is so well said. And um, like I said, I know we could go on for hours, but um, can you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you and your book? Absolutely. So I am, I have a website, JanelleKim.com, where I try to update it as much as possible. The book of Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation is available on Amazon, PenguinRandomHouse.com, Barnes and Noble, you know, all of our, the bookstores and, and websites you can think of. Um, I'm certainly doing everything I can to be as, a, a, you know, consistent on my platform because it is a wonderful way to stay connected. And so I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I just started TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm at Dr. Janelle Kim. And so, okay, awesome. yes. Awesome. I'll link in the show notes as well to all your sites so that listeners can yeah. uh, find you. you so um, my guest this week has been Dr. Janelle Kim. We have been talking about being drunk on one's own thoughts and changing your reality for the better. Dr. Kim, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me, Solana. It's really been a wonderful time. 
What a great interview talking about being drunk on our thoughts, the true, right, correct method, and really what it means to create our reality for the better. I hope you found uh, this conversation inspiring. I hope you picked up at least one thing that you can do today uh, to do something differently in your own life to start creating the reality that you really desire. I want to thank you for listening this week. Uh, remember, you can sign up on my website, sloanfremont.com, so you can be notified anytime a new podcast episode goes live. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you would leave a review in your favorite podcast player. That would be amazing. Um, also, don't forget my Create What You Speak Academy, createwhatyouspeak.com. All right, that's it for this week. Stay tuned next week where I will continue to bring you real life solutions on how to live free in an unfree world. Mm-hmm.